extremo vocabulario. Es, no es tu típico Word of the Day podcast. <risa> de palabra del día, podcast. No, no hay palabra por podcast, o so decimos podcast. Podcast. Podcast, ok. Énfasis on the old. En cada episodio... En cada episodio hacemos palabra. <risa> palabra bueno. <risa> o no bueno. No simplemente solo definar palabras, este contextualizar los termos de su historia, etimología, políticos y estéticas. Is that right? Um, yeah. Something like. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't even read no, that welcome here. to Extreme Vocabulary. <laughs> welcome to Extreme Vocabulary, everybody. We are not your typical word of the day podcast. Yeah, we don't just contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. Wait, that is no, what we, we do. do. That, oh, is we do. <laughs> that is what we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it totally screwed. Hopefully, get... this is not your first uh, episode or you'll be, like, not listening anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're going to be, like... Wrapped, uh, thrilled. We don't just define words. Oh, right. We don't just define words. We contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we look at the culture behind the words. I'm here with native Spanish speaker Aaron Gebhardt. I'm not a native Spanish speaker, obviously. Abraham Encinas. I am a native Spanish speaker, but I'm also a native English speaker. No, I yeah. don't really remember when I learned either language. Just mm. you're the lemon. You always had tree. both. Yeah, you never needed one to learn the other. That's interesting. They fed uh, off of each other. And Efren, yes, who was born a bilingual and Spanish faded away. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I re I just read the other day. You have to learn. As long as you learn any language when you're a baby or a kid, then you can learn any other language at another point in your life. But if you're isolated from language for like uh, 13 years or something like that, then you can't learn any languages. You need to develop that part of your brain. You're talking about feral children, right? Something like that, yeah. <clears throat> Wolf boy. I was once a feral child. Uh, well, not for 13 years. No, not for 13 years. 13 minutes. So I don't know if you can claim that identity. You're right. I feel bad. <clears throat> Any feral children out there listening, uh, apologize. <laughs> People are so sensitive today, though, you know? Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you just made it worse. <laughs> the only people that are too sensitive are white males. We all know this. They're the only ones that are crying over everything. <clears throat> Well, also, also they're apologists. I'm not crying. You're crying, first of all. And you're not a white male, though. Speak. You know, this is a really good intro to today's word. Yes. Well, words. Today's words. words. Yeah. The universe just has a way of stumbling us into these things. You know? Yeah. 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 Today's a very special episode. You're going to get two for the price of one. Double feature. Today's words. Us, and them. You don't even have to hop theaters to get both. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that we're talking about bilingualism and, uh, 
you know, the political division between us and them, which is, I think, what we should be talking about anyway, if we're going to discuss us and them, <clears throat> because us and them don't have uh, in themselves, like, a, a long history that we could talk about necessarily, I think, mm. you know, like anti-disestablishmentarianism or vertigo or corn, you know, like these words have long socio-political histories, you know, mm. and, but when we get to like some really basic, um, like Anglo-Saxon words, you know, like us and them, <clears throat> and we've done it. So it is the other pronoun we've done, <clears throat> but so here are these other two pronouns, but yeah, these words like don't necessarily have these these crazy histories, you know, that we can talk about. What's up next day? <laughs> Maybe. They talk about <laughs> they. Um but uh so yeah, I mean we we could just say that these words are uh Germanic in origin or uh Scandinavian and then uh So these are know, like not Proto-Indo-European, right? No, they are. Oh, they I are. mean, yeah, but oh, the, okay. these words don't really change very much at all. Mm. You know, I mean, uh, well, okay, let me let me say something about us, for example. So, us is an old English word, and of course it comes into Middle English and all that, but I mean, it doesn't really change that much from, you know, it, its appearance in other languages. I mean... If anything, us really changes in the spelling, and but that's just because, you know, in was Old an, English and the Middle Ages... Was know, there an H in the middle at some point? Spelling is still becoming conventional. What's that? Was there an H in the middle? An H? No. Oh. No, there was... It, so, there was a double O at one, one point. It was like O-O-S. Oos. Or, uh, Oos. or O-S, or O-W-S, or... Oos. Or... Uh, V, which still stands for the U sound, right? It's uh, V-S-S-E or oh. V-S-S. I mean... <laughs> oh, wait, is that where we get from Spanish? Um, the vosotros, vos? Yeah, it's mm. it's very similar to that because the Latin is actually nos, right? Nos, it's, yeah, nosotros. Yeah. We. It's the collective we, yeah. Yeah, so like the only difference between the Latin nos and the English us is that the N drops out. Mm. And then the the other two uh, uh, sounds remain, right? The the O or U sound, and then the S. And but that so that the the uh, the actual vowel sounds, those vowel sounds always change up, you know. Like uh, you know, O can be replaced by U, etc. You know, like. But other than that, I mean, again, the 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 word itself doesn't hasn't really changed too much. I mean. Well, I like it. I like <clears throat> you say it doesn't have a history, but it actually it <clears throat> does. A socio-political just... history, that, yeah. Or uh, I mean, well, probably we can make it. Yeah, you'd have to imagine. It sounds like one of those caveman words, though, that you like imagine somebody saying as like uh, a joke or something. But you know, it's like a utterance, just like "oos." This is us, I guess. You know, like <laughs> it's almost like one of the. You can imagine it being a very early word in uh, human history. Maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think thinking about us in relation to them is the history of those words. right? But only if you think about it in terms of them. Mm. Or if you think of them in terms of us. Well, you can't really think of us without thinking of a them, right? 
Because then it's just everybody. If right. you, yeah. But that's a yeah, that's interesting. It's almost like uh, by creating that word as a sort of technology to define uh, boundaries around a group, and that can that maybe affects the way people see it, uh, the way people see their group as <clears throat> not so much a part of a larger group, but as separate from a larger larger group. Right. Well, <clears throat> so the the structuralist idea of language is that you know. Um, words don't have meaning in themselves, but that they have meaning because of other words, right? Mm. From which they differ. So, you know, to understand us means you have to understand them first before you get a sense of who us or what us means. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's So that's the structuralist idea, right? It's like uh, words are always in relationship to other words. And... Um, and so there's this idea that, you know, that the, the way that language functions is also kind of the way that our reality functions. So, you know, when we think of who we are, you know, it's always in relationship to other people. Um, or at least that's, I mean, at least that's the politics of our time. <laughs> well, anyway. <clears throat> But then, uh, so I'm sorry, let me say a few things about them. Uh, so them is also just interesting. It's it's a Scandinavian word and it does, you know, come into the Anglo-Saxon. Um, that one has some really cool spellings too. This one uses a, a, uh, a, an alphabet letter that we don't use anymore in English. It's the thorn and thorn kind of looks like a P with a more elongated, uh, uh, stick going up so you know the the uh, circular part is like toward the middle mm -hmm. so that's what it looks like rather pregnant later yeah there you go um and it's also has a, some pretty cool spelling so like it's uh thorn a-i-m thorn aim is thorn yeah that the, oh the, the letter that i'm telling you is called thorn right so it's so it's thorn and then a i m and that's them or thame. I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Oh I'm not so, the so, middle somebody language Somebody call so sir the sim in the symbolists. <laughs> somebody call hold. <laughs> yeah. He would not pronounce all of these. Or there's another <clears throat> spelling is uh, thorn well, you know, a i m e <laughs> or thorn a i n. And, you know, so those are all like the other spellings. But then again, we're talking about a time when, you know, there was, there were no spelling conventions, you know, you just kind of sounded out the words and you <clears throat> spelled them how you thought they were. How they, Most everyone had their own unique way of doing it. You know, here's a semi-interesting point. I don't know if it's interesting at all, but uh, we think of... Well, at first I was thinking, man, us and them, that must be like one of the first concepts that people feel the need to uh to use language to uh symbolize or or whatever but then i was thinking actually in japanese it's not there's no word for us or them <laughs> it's like there's a suffix tachi which means the group around that person so like if i was talking about you and your people i'd say abe tachi 
Mm-hmm. Or if I was talking about me and my people, I'd say watashi tachi, like me, tachi. Oh, so you use like a representative? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or um, it doesn't have to be a single person. It could say like onano tachi, onan, or like it could be like the women group or whatever, like mm-hmm. the men group. Yeah. Mm. Kodomo tachi, the children. Yeah. So tachi is a group sub so de- designation. The child group? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, like the group of kids. Yeah. Kodomo tachi. Like, you know. Women and kodomo tachi first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you're using child, right? Like a singular or? Oh, singular, yeah. Yeah. There's also no plural in Japanese. Okay, right. <clears throat> well, we do have plurals in English and in Spanish. Yeah. And so our words are actually uh, first person plural pronouns. First well, person. That them is the second person plural, right? Oh, right. So we is first person plural. Oh, wait, isn't that third person plural? <clears throat> or yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. We don't have a up. second person plural <clears throat> except y'all. Oh yeah, I know. What what is the second person? Well, it's a contraction of you all. So it's supposed to be you all, but nobody does that. You, so it's it's just you, I think. Yeah, right? it's you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we say yeah. you all. Yeah, we're actually all, doing the Japanese thing right there. Oh, you all, right? Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them all. But it's supposed to be all of you. Yeah. Like all of you are effed. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, oh, well. Anyway. Anyways. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, just as a sort of aside, um, you you know the the listener can't see this, but. Everyone here, except for me, is wearing a hoodie. I didn't get the call. I didn't get the notification. Oh, we're hoodie tachi. I didn't, yeah. And I feel I'm just wearing a flannel and it's just... Um, You're the recessive gene. I feel, yes, I, I'm the recessive gene. Well, that's always true. But like, but also that I'm othered by this. So it's like mm. them, you all are wearing, you all are wearing hoodies and I'm not. Mm. Well, we could think of other ways that we're us and them. Uh, the like the fact that you, Efren, and Abe are the UCLA uh, doctoral candidates, <laughs> and then there's me. We're not Abe. candidates. We haven't advanced the candidacy yet. A lot of people don't realize that designation. Oh, okay. Uh, what are you doing then? <laughs> We're just there until we try to advance the like candidacy. Grinding away the hill. Candidacy is when you're ABD. UCLA. We're not grinders. Hmm? We're doctoral students. Yes, students. Okay. Okay. I'm I just voted a for student. You. Three of us are wearing jeans, and uh, oh wait, no, you're not wearing jeans, are you? Are you? I'm wearing jeans. Okay, yeah, three of us are wearing jeans. One of us is. Oh, and Abe is not wearing jeans. Oh, and Abe dressed up. Beards. Oh yeah, three. Beards. Oh, I'm left out. Mm-hmm. No, I Abe just can't grow a beard. <laughs> no, neither can I. I just don't stop it from being what it is as much. Then Mexican. And then oh. You're only half Mexican. I'm not Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> She's 12%. 12%. Isn't it? Um, I was going to say, isn't isn't it fascist actually to think that us and them is some primordial, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Some primordial Yeah, some like primitive, right. like old, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, that's, what, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like you got to wonder... Um, was there another way to distinguish uh, groups that -hmm. wouldn't have involved uh, creating boundaries between uh, people or barriers? 
You mean like you mean within primitive tribal human, or you mean different tribes of human that were in contact? I have no idea. Just like feels more linguistically speaking, like if we didn't develop along that route of thinking of in terms of us and them, would there be potentially more inclusivity or whatever? Would it have structured our relationships differently? Um, I have no idea. It's just a stupid idea, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> like, um, is yeah. there is, is there such a thing? I'm sorry, this is gonna get weird, but is there such a thing as a primitive human? Like we we tend to use that term to talk about what? I don't know. Neanderthal. Just like a pre- some primitive society. Like is pre-textual? that a real thing? Pretextual. Mm. Like, you mean pre-writing? Yeah. But, but then there still were <clears throat> symbols and stories. There was still text. Right. Yeah. Mm. I think we kind of don't know about, you know, uh, how advanced cultures were. And we still kind of don't understand how advanced um, some uh, native cultures are. Or not native, but what's the word? Or maybe it's just that we think we we are advanced. Everybody always does. Yeah, everybody, I think, feels like their world is normal and makes sense, and the other ones are weird and wrong. I used to think about... But it's also a little bit different to say we're advanced. Like, it's not just we're normal and we're doing it right, but it's to say we're advanced is like, oh, I think, a sign of modernity, right? To say that we're modern or yeah. that we're moving toward the future is to say we are advanced. And I feel like... What do you mean by we? I mean... Uh, oh, well, actually, I don't know. But I think I might have been just referring to uh, U.S. culture. United States, yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Definitely, right? I think there's... I mean, not. I mean, in all the ways that you can think about that, too, because... We think we're the most technologically advanced, which is, mm-hmm. I don't think is necessarily true. Even, you know, when it comes to like how we sustain food, even it's, to me, it's kind of backward, but, but, you know, medically we think we're the most advanced, like, you know, ideally, like when in terms of values, we think we're the most advanced, right? Uh, and all those are, to me, they're all up for argument, right? I don't know. But is that an American thing or is that just of... Being in the middle of, a I think it's a U. I think it's a U. I think the U.S. is sort of the pinnacle of that type of thinking, right? Because the U.S. thinks it's it's a label. It's called American exceptionalism. Man. But I mean, other cultures know that they're getting free healthcare and that it's better. Mm-hmm. So they also think that. Oh, but they're well, not delusional. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think the U.S. thinks it's the highest point of. Uh, of all the things, of all the, not just like social uh, welfare, but it thinks like everything, like, you know, values wise, art, culture, military, I don't know. It just thinks it's the highest. As- and keep in mind, only been about two, 200 plus years, whereas other cultures, hundreds, even thousands of years more mm-hmm. than us. I think it's kind of funny that <clears throat> the acronym for the United States of America is USA, but we always shorten it to US, which is us. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, That's great, yeah. And I'm wondering... 
do we have a strong uh, us versus them mentality in the U.S. that is more along the lines of, you know, technology and democracy, you know, that we define us as the democratic technological society and them as anybody who's not, you know, it's the dictatorships and the, and the, uh, you know, I don't know, not technological. I don't think U.S. is special in terms of its exceptionalism. I think uh, every culture always thinks that they're doing it right. And, uh, for example, you know, Darius, the Persian king, finds out about the Greeks and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys can worship me too. Great. You know, and then the Greeks are like, no way, dude being greek is what we want to be and you guys are insane uh <clears throat> and they fight a war you know and then there's a but darius was also quite liberal though <laughs> i mean he allowed people to have their own religions uh as long as they also worshiped him i guess oh, or right. whatever i don't know because i think when it comes to i think when it comes to like one the south yeah Every most every society thinks it's 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 sort of tops, but when you think about the sort of um, imperialism of U.S. both cultural and military imperialism, I think there I think that's unique in mm. in human history. Um, if not, if for no other reason than the actual like ability to uh, travel, you know, in telecommunications and also military um, aircraft, like it's sort of a lot that has allowed the U.S. to be a uniquely imperialistic and exceptionalist uh, and extensive country. reach. Yeah, the reach it's allowable. Whereas, like maybe like mm. the Romans couldn't yeah, couldn't control the globe. Limited by technology, right? The the mm-hmm. ability to travel was limited by yeah the gravity and all these other things. They couldn't fly. They couldn't you know they could sail ships, but that was took a long time back then and risky, especially if you got a big army. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Hannibal went over the Alps? Why did he? Uh, he was stupid. <laughs> so you think because brave. because brave the U.S. Longer. was the superpower during the time when technology compressed space the most, that it created a uh, a special um, a syndrome of exceptionalism or a special way of seeing the world. <clears throat> I think so. I, I would have to say. I you use the so. word syndrome, but reminiscent of sickness. Yeah, it would be a sickness if it was um, problematic, if it was uh, endemic and possibly hurting, you know, or uh, causing harm to yourself, maybe even others. I don't know. Hmm. Does that idea, uh, American exceptionalism, do you think that's contagious even? Uh, hmm. Not, it wouldn't be American exceptionalism, but that attitude of uh, ego and er- and exceptional thinking, that's not um, just local to our society and culture. No. Hmm. But like France probably thinks it's the best oh, society, right? Please. But they're not. They're not like <laughs> yeah. implementing like um, like aircraft carriers all around the world and putting up bases, right? France is not not with the same extent as uh, the U.S. Without us, say. the enlightenment, nothing. We, 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 we all. <sighs> I guess the question we're, we're answering right now is, who is us? I know that's a weird question because we should 
say who are we <laughs> hmm. but yeah yeah like, we have to use the word of the of the day <laughs> who is us? <laughs> us yeah like i'm sure i'm not considered us when it comes to some people's vision of what an american is or something right they probably would say i'm not that i don't know i'm a them you're a colonized i'm a call i'm a I'm a commie, I'm they brown. Call, they call you I'm, pinko. Yeah. yeah, I'm all these things that, you know, are, I'm anti-capitalist. Mm, yeah. I'm thinking about, like, the history of colonialism a little bit You're right now. You're too influential. You're too loud. <laughs> no, no, that, that's the... Uh, that would be, yeah. The, our excuse. I'm sorry. Well, but what is it? Like, the Dutch, then the Spanish, then England, or something like that? Talking about New York or the U.S.? Uh, no, just like these empires that uh, oh. that kind of ex uh, expanded their reach. Um, okay, so we're talking like 17th century. Like before that. Okay, yeah, I mean, sorry, 16th century when... I think even before that. Columbus first like the, and then... Okay. Who was first, Spain or Dutch? I don't really well, remember. Well, Columbus was representing Spain, and then the Portuguese got in on the action from Brazil, and then the Dutch and English like raced to get over there. It just there seems like everybody goes as far as they can. Yeah. And then they just, more they're at the outer reaches of of their empire or whatever, mm -hmm. that's where they, they for one thing, use the, the us-them mentality to demonize whatever people they're trying to conquer to try to justify it, obviously. Um, <clears throat> and then sometimes visual cues play into that, I guess, you know, like darker skin, different... Mm -hmm eyes shape or whatever uh helps to create some sort of a some visual language of themness or otherness mm -hmm. <clears throat> um but we're america so we're actually the most inclusive we stop thinking in that way right maybe i don't know I mean, okay, in our so, dreams, yeah. So I think that, like, the point of, like, European colonialism was, at the time, like, oh, there are these other people who are not like us, right? But we can go give them our education, our technology, our religion, etc., right? And then they can be more like us. But, like, they never really became like us, mm -hmm. you know? Like, that just never happened, even though that's what they said, but, but uh, they could never be like us because us never allows them to do that. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, I know that again. My my sentence sounds weird. Us <laughs> never allow them. Mongo <laughs> <Yeah>. not like. <laughs> I know. But maybe it sometimes does happen. Like the Irish people eventually were accepted as. Amer you mean in the U.S., but, but yeah. not in the British Isles, though. Hmm. Yeah, there's been war up until... It's still going on, but it's even raging pretty hard in the 90s. I mean, in in the British... In the United Kingdom, the, uh, the Anglo-Saxon Brits, like, had so much war with the Scots and the Irish, but and also the with the Welsh. And yeah. the Cornish. And the Danes. <clears throat> Yeah. 
Hmm. And the picks. And the, oh, the picks are like way. <laughs> yeah, that's like that super the Romans, early. The Romans dealt with the yeah. picks a long time ago, <laughs> and then the, the Scots and the Celts are the are the uh, successors to. Yeah. yeah, but the picks were definitely associated with Scotland, like the far north. I mean, in Boston, there's like real rancor against the Irish. Like, <laughs> that sounds really like funny the, to the us Boston, here the Boston now. Irish versus like the Irish Irish. <laughs> No, it's more like, you know, the Anglo-Saxon, the people in Boston who derive from Anglo-Saxon stock. Oh, the wasps in Boston. Yeah. And against the the Irish, you know. The mix, you know, the uh, the rowdy, drunken, yeah. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have, you You have like those movies about like, you know, uh, movies about Boston, it's always like about some Irish dude who's like the outcast and who like comes up or something like that. It's uh, what's that movie called again? The The Departed. No, the other one with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Matt Damon. Right. (laughs) I think I think one of the ways the U.S. changed the us and them game is that it allowed a whole bunch of people to presumably be in the us, um, but you have to like follow a certain way of being and talking and certain belief system i don't think that's special either i think it's pretty i mean what other society is going to be like oh just you be uh keeping doing your thing and uh yeah you can be president just wait a couple years oh maybe not president but i think i think other societies are a little bit more stringent like other societies don't even have equal like citizens well neither does u.s japan doesn't either they'll have equal citizenry right like you yeah they so, have some r- racial uh, laws about citizenship, and uh, there's pe- people who have been in Japan for generations who don't technically have Japanese citizenship. Which, really? Yeah. Also, Japan is a <clears throat> was an ethno state, and a lot of uh, you know between when they were they started only dealing with the Dutch. Until the Americans opened up, opened them back up in the 1800s. Right. Mm. Admiral Perry's Armada, right? yeah. But um, yeah, before that, it was yes, yeah, strictly the Dutch and Portuguese, and they had, like one port in the south, right? Basically, they had. Yeah. Japan also has like indigenous um, groups that consider themselves right, like kind of outside of or or differing from. Well, they they look very different, yeah. You know, particularly the Ainu. And then there's Okinawa, right? Which is Okinawa. So who are these people who have the generational generational they are histories Korean. in Japan? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Of course. That's like the one big main ethnic group right in Japan because there's not many, right? There's mm-hmm. not too much non-Japanese that unless they're like, you know, visiting like some folks do for like school or work, right? But yeah, the, the, you got ethnic Koreans there because of the proximity, but mm-hmm. they are definitely not, you know, treated the same. Mm. But people, yeah, more people, some people like to go and live in Japan for their whole life, even though yeah, that becomes a thing yeah. raised here. And part of it has to do with maybe we're talking about technology and you look at Tokyo and you're like, oh, actually, they're doing way more technology. Um, uh, just in terms, they were doing FaceTime like all the time before we were Um they were doing GPS, like, um, I, the first GPS I saw was in Japan. Uh, really fancy vending machines. So cutting edge, always. Yeah. The robots are the best right now. Yeah, if you want to see a robot dance, 
It's got to got to go to Japan. They have sex robots. Toyota. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they do. (laughs) That one was just lingering in the air right there. Somebody had to do it. Come on. I'll take take one for the team. I always do. You you know which situation I find really strange, by the way? It's um, um, Hong Kong's situation Mm. in relationship to China. Oh, yeah. Because China really is trying to incorporate Hong Kong into into itself right the but british like, no longer are in control right. since 99 that's like they left pretty much the administrative role right but the like, influence remains of course right the the english like the english colonialism over like hong, hong kong 100 year lease has yeah. like meant that like hong kong has developed or had a different like developmental trajectory than the rest of china mm-hmm. or at least um you know like central or mainland china or whatever correct and and that means that like Hong Kong now has like this weird, strange relationship with China itself, you know, where it's like China wants Hong Kong to be Chinese, right? But Hong Kong wants to kind of like remain itself, whatever mm. that is, you know. It's like they have their own, you know, uh, uh, language, but then you know, like the Chinese government wants to keep. You know, instilling Mandarin. You know, China like, is an like, interesting case because yeah. China unified many groups of people right. together. <clears throat> and you know what China means? Uh, middle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So you know they definitely see themselves as the you know the main human story or whatever, <laughs> as we all do. <clears throat> oh. Everyone's the hero in their own story. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, we will continue this discussion, um, faithful listeners, with Literature Corner coming up next. Each week of Extreme Vocabulary features a piece of literature that uses today's word. Efren. Yes, you know, as uh, as a sort of uh, counter to other other words, uh, us and them actually had a multitude of, of of literature that we could have used that I could have chosen. Uh, even even the pairing us and them had several um, cases that I could have used. Uh, but I chose a particular one, it's a poem, it's by David Tomas Martinez, who is a poet from San Diego, but who lives in Brooklyn. Very good poet. And yeah, I'd like to just uh, read it and see what people think. This is Us Versus Them by David Tomas Martinez. My childhood was not an anxious place. Though I lay in my bed, awake, thumbing my sheets like beads, wondering when the sun imploded, would Russian astronauts be okay? They and their Sputniks with their space dogs, they that chase their own tail around this water bowl we call Earth. 
When I was a child in elementary school, we practiced a type of protection called duck and cover, where we huddled under desks in case of a nuclear attack by the Russians. They were communists, had the bomb, and were evil, Reagan told us, from the small grave of a TV screen. In the 60s, Nixon said the same thing, and the Panthers countered with, quote, the Vietnam Cong never called me N-word, with their picks like unclenched fists, with their afros like the plume of an atom bomb, they scared white and black folks alike. It is 2014, though now it's 2018, and America is still scared of the Russians and black people. Now the American dream is to be debt free, which I am not, nor may ever be, but at least I'm no longer afraid of the Russians. That's the poem, and it's interesting how this poem was written four years ago, and but it takes on another register four years later, mm. right? I, I, I kind of ironically and interestingly. I like the irony at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hmm. Because I mean, now so many people are afraid of the Russians, right? <laughs> have you ever heard that song, uh, I Hope the Russians Love Their Children Too? I think it's called Russians. It's a sting song. Uh, hmm. We shouldn't think about sting too long, but shares a sentiment with that uh, poem. Yeah, I guess the Cold War was the apex of the us versus them mentality, right? Hmm. Is uh... oh, if we didn't already have a perfect song for it right now, I would have I thought of one right now because of Reagan and Cold War. Mm-hmm. The music video to the song had just that, like had like a, a cartoon, cartoony kind of like caricature versions of Reagan and and um, Brezhnev at the time, I think, and they were like boxing, mm-hmm. duking down the ring. It was Frankie goes to Hollywood, two tribes. Oh. When two tribes go to war, that would have been good. We, maybe we yeah, could would... still use that. We could still mean? use that. <clears throat> but the context of that is that we previously thought that obviously we have to use Pink Floyd's us and them, right? Well, it's yeah, that's the title of the song and right. dominates the song primarily. Yeah. I don't know that song. Well, it's, it's very sexy. You'd like it. Is it from uh, Dark yeah, Side of the Moon? It's from Dark Side, yeah. It's like, oh, the, fourth, it's like the fourth or fifth You know what? Cut, yeah. I don't want to do that song. Okay. Then <laughs> yeah. we can do Frankie. We'll, we'll think about it later. We can yeah. think of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Well, we'll think. Yeah. Relax. What's funny about like the Cold War as a metaphor for this sort of wor- this pairing of words that we chose is that, um, yeah, right. It's the apex of uh, of us and them. Uh, and I think it even works on an additional level, which is, you know, the presumption or the pretension was like the U.S. is a first world, Russia is a second world, right? Right. And then everywhere else, everywhere else is almost like a non-entity, right? It's almost like a... It's a third world. Yeah, it's a third, quote unquote, third world. So it's like there was another othering of even the the third world, right? Like, as, as so to speak, right? Well, that division is between, you know, like capitalist nations, communist nations, and then, you know... Everything else is just the third, <laughs> whatever it is, I think. Yeah. Although some of those communist nations could well have been classified as third world based on the you know, conditions. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And well, those are the some nations. of the capitalists. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, yeah, yeah. Those are the only nations that the U.S. went to war with. Like, we never actually went to war against Russia, you know, like just a head on full scale war, you know. Who were yeah. the last that's, who were that's, the last white people that the U.S. bombed, huh? 
the Germans. And you know why? Because they were cutting in on our turf. Because <laughs> they were, Carlin, they were already Carlin. losing anyway. Like, but, but yeah, I mean, like, the U.S. has never really, like, had, like, a full-scale war with its, like, real enemies, you know, like, or, you know, quote-unquote real enemies. Like, we never actually went to full-scale war with the Russians. It was just, like... Well, you know, we'll beat them some other way or something like that. It was like, why? <laughs> we talk a lot about war. Like, why didn't we fight that war, you know? Well, it would have been mutually... Destructive. Yeah. yeah. It would have really eaten away at the morale and psyche of, you know, both both nations, primarily ours. And there would have been a distaste for war after a while. We would have to see whole cities just expl- blow up. I'm, I'm just saying, if there were no nukes involved, it was just conventional warfare. Yeah. If yeah. the nukes were involved, that's a whole We'd probably, game. Yeah. yeah, maybe still The U.S. Have. rarely uh, picks fights with that. people who could fight back. Right. Uh, at least on, on, our to- uh, on our soil, can fight back on our soil, right? Um, but from, you know, this is all good history but for the real story of of the cold war you have to see a movie called uh, dr strange love <laughs> or how i learned to love the bomb stop worrying and love the bomb oh, i learned to stop worrying by stanley kubrick yeah that's that'll give you the real story about all this us and them stuff mein Führer, i can walk <laughs> dimitri <laughs> so is moving forward in our ethical landscape always learning to accept the perspectives of more and more people and realizing that uh they hug their moms too you know i don't know i mean i think that's it reminds you of the sort of concept of tolerance right Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know yeah, I guess the it's it's a synthesis, right? Where we're supposed to understand that that they are. Wait, what's the sentence I want to construct? That them is us. Them is us. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that their story, our story, is reflected. The human story is reflected in all of us. Mm. But yeah, um, that maybe could be problematic. But um, now we're talking about, well, if we want to talk about technology, um, it did seem like for a while that like the internet was creating empathy, was just making more stories available to us and more perspectives available to us. And we had a pretty rapid... um, increase in our understanding of lgbtq plus issues for example um but the weird thing is what we didn't realize is that it was kind of also connecting like these weird groups that would that were not as public and were more like subterranean in nature kind of uh creating these weird uh forums you know that um allowed certain ideologies to uh to get out of hand yeah i mean like it seems like to be uh, when i remember you know because i was coming of age when the internet was exploding and right so this was a um the middle 90s uh the idea was that hey like i really had no community for the things i was interested in and the internet gives me a community for the things i was interested in but those were always thought of as like either good or benign Right, like a community for people who like, I don't know, a certain type of cartoon, 
Mm. Um, but but even as a 17 year old uh, in the internet, the I mean the first thing I realized was how like racist uh, people were or like how racist they were willing to be at a chat forum or a message board. And there were a lot of neo-Nazi message boards um, and stuff in uh, chat rooms and, um, or there were like political chat rooms that were infiltrated by neo-Nazis and stuff. So it's interesting, right? Yeah. That it seems like there was this utopia where everyone has a community, but it, that became bad too. Right. Because the people who were like, evil or fascist or I don't know they had their own community too we're, we're able to foster it and then elect a president no I'm just kidding I don't know <laughs> is it possible uh, that the us them mentality um, should get or could get broken down between people who are maybe overtly hostile towards uh, other groups and ourselves I think that's kind of what I try to do sometimes is like try to see the ways in which I harbor us, the mentality and the ways that even people who are maybe lauded for their ideologies may harbor us, them mentality. Um, and is us, them mentality necessarily bad? Yeah, I think, uh, um, so if you take someone like Bernie Sanders, right? Like he has an us the mentality that I like. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it's it's us. You know, uh, you know, what's the number he uses at the ninety nine percent and then the one percent, right? Oh right, right. So like his cuts across a different register though. His is like an economic one, right? It's not an ethnic one or a racial one. Yeah, it's about um, uh, lifestyle and sustainability. Yeah, right. <clears throat> um, and I think there are certain people who would agree with that, who would say like, "No, we we can use an us versus them mentality, but we do have to use it for like um, for a transformation of the world, mm. right? Um, and not to keep the world as it is." I mean, you know, the creation of borders along ethnic lines is, is just the same thing we've always had. Social constructs. Right. But what if we could create a different kind of uh, us versus them? Or us, them? We can have a new societal contract. So we need people willing to sign up for it and be on board. It's funny how certain types of us and them are acceptable. Like, like I remember George Bush uh, Jr. was saying something about like different ways of uh, different ways of being or lifestyles or different types of civilizations, right? And he was talking. And then I remember just a few months earlier in a presidential debate when someone brought up something about economics, he accused him of like class warriorship or class politics you know like and it's just funny how like in other words us and them is acceptable in certain situations and in other situations it's considered like taboo like you can't talk about class in america or something how dare you talk about that but you can you're gonna, talk you're about gonna, you're expose it all but you can talk about like how you know all of some people from a certain religion are backward i don't know it's weird or economic principle also what do you mean no communists oh yeah sure absolutely yeah like right yeah 
political persuasion. We could have a lot more LGP, LGBT, OBGYN people practicing their love with women. <laughs> he really said that. That's right. He did say that. OBGYNs. He meant to say that OBGYNs practicing their love of women's health care or some shit like that, right? Yeah. It was like their love with women. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about how many weird things that guy said. He did say a lot of weird things. All right. Permanent foot and mouth syndrome. <laughs> well, let's uh, come back and we'll put music in ear. Earworm. Thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary. Our music is from Arnold Palmer Golf by Tokuhiko Uwabo and Wagyon Paradise by Erika Imura. This song is Us and Them by Pink Floyd. Uh, we chose it in a recording that I unfortunately lost. But you can still email us at extremevocabulary at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at extremevocab. We were Josh, Efren, Abe, and Aaron as usual. See you next time.